name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. A belated birthday gift that I just got yesterday, and just to remind uh, my listeners who don't know when my birthday is, it's in December, and it is uh, April, so it it's belated. Uh, it came from my kids. More on that later, because it actually has to do with this particular episode of this particular podcast. Thanks, everybody, for being here and for supporting me in my work. It, it means a lot to me, uh, the Patreoners and the people who uh, review and come here and listen, all that kind of crap. Okay, thanks. It's not crap. I just, I don't mean, I mean like royal, the royal crap. The belated birthday gift I got is a coffee cup that heats, uh, heats, keeps things hot. They say it a lot better than I do. You put hot coffee in there, it maintains it. Now, I'm not just saying it like, oh, it's one of those ones you put on the, this thing is like high tech. This thing has an app. Okay. And the app, I am shitting you not. I was just doing a live Q&A for Small Steppers. We were like in week nine, finishing week nine. So I'm in the thing. And my app, my phone is sitting on the side and it flashes. And I go, what's going on? It's an app, my app. Your phone, your your coffee, your your drink has has hit its target uh, temperature of 145 degrees. It was just giving me an announcement that it had hit the target temperature, which I, by the way, set it 145 degrees, which is as hot as it can be. Anyways, um, it's, you know, you don't just, you charge the mug itself and then you just take the mug with you. Uh, and so I've got it. The side effect of this, uh, unforeseen side effect of this coffee cup is that toward the end of the live Q and a, which had gone on for about 40 minutes, that's plenty of time for coffee to get cold, but nay, not my coffee still hot. You know how I know? Because as I was packing up the live Q&A and kind of uh, undoing my laptop and everything, I spilled the coffee on my leg. Still hot, enough to hurt. So, you know, it was one of those things of like, God, I can't really complain about this. It's been 40 minutes and I wouldn't have been damaged before, but this is kind of cool that I got burnt. Still, <sighs> I've been exercising like a banshee lately, you guys. Now, I know that that I know that I know that you know that I know that you know that I was doing a mostly daily uh, podcasting. I, you know, after eight days, I was like, okay, kind of, you know, we're out of the shoot. It's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really foresee that this was going to be going on much longer than it was. It is. I'm not going to keep up daily because I don't want to push. You know, this is if you guys heard episode one, this is like when stuff comes up. So I did my eight days, felt good about it. Did one more day, I think. I can't remember. And, you know, so now I'm back to when stuff comes up. It'll be more often because I'm at home stewing. Anyways, I'm exercising like a banshee these days because I'm home and I just feel like it. And I just want to be clear. I'm not pushing it. I have no recovery issues. Um, I'm just thinking because this is how I, you know, because small steppers kind of think this way, whatever. But I'm noticing, I think it's because I realized that at the resort where I work when I have a job, I'm moving all lot up and down stairs like I, and I usually run the stairs it's just kind of a thing I do I run the stairs and so during the day at the at the Stanford Inn I mean good lord I'm like up and down I'm running this I'm walking outside I'm going to the town to do the mail and the bank and then I'm walking back to the thing and I go up to there I mean so and without all that I'm just feeling it so I've been I've been exercising a lot I mean I mean feel I'm feeling I feel like I'm in the best shape I've been in so I'm not even kidding mm. I also reinstated my integrated exercise um, step which you guys might want to try 
Uh, there's a, an app that used to be called IADA or ADA, and now it's just called Reminder, which is clever. Anyways, it's a app, free app. Uh, I'm not attached to it, um, but you can set it. So mine goes off between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. every hour, and it just says move. So I, I, I usually just drop down and do 10 push-ups. Um, you know, about on every hour between 11 and five daily. So, you know, not every day and definitely miss, you know, certain hours, but in general, just kind of getting up, kind of keeping moving, you know, as the days run into days, it can very quickly become a thing where we're sitting on a couch and all of a sudden we look up and it's been three hours. Um, I'm deep in the running program that I'm doing, the um, running coaching uh, certification program. I'm spending a lot more time on that. Just finished another draft of my book. I just saw a headline today. It's like, you don't need to keep being productive. I think that's a load of bullshit. I think it was New York Times. So shame on you. I didn't read the article, so maybe it was ironic. Um, I think productivity is good. I don't think you need to be pushing it uh, ever for that matter. But I think, you know, putting steps on your list, if you're a small stepper, if you're not just reminding yourself in whatever way works for you to do stuff that is not just watching, you know, pretty and pink, which I can do. I can, I can do it over and over again, but I don't necessarily, it's, it's too much. You can have too much pretty and pink. I never thought I would say that, but you absolutely can have too much pretty and pink. Mm. That is one hot coffee. Still, I was going to title this episode, I'm not kidding you, my B button, B as in boy. The B button on my computer, my $3,000 Apple MacBook Pro from 2017, uh, the B button just decided to intermittently work. It just, it's just, you, you have to hammer it. I'm, 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 a, I'm not kidding when I'm typing, I have to smack it to get the B out of there. So I thought that was fun. So I was gonna I was gonna name the episode "My B Button" and just rail on technology, like why keyboards work and they've been working. Why would you improve or think you were improving a keyboard that now everybody hates on this model? Nobody liked the keyboard. Who was testing these damn things? The B button just stops. Sometimes the space bar just will just stop. I was reading about an uh, 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 author today named Julian Barnes. I'm thinking about buying one of his books, and he still he still writes his books on a typewriter. There's got, there's a certain amount of, he does journalism on a computer, but he actually writes his books on a typewriter. There's a certain attractiveness there, except for that. I just don't want to use so much whiteout. Um, and I also don't have anybody to hire to type in for me. And I don't have, I don't have the money to hire somebody to type in everything in a computer. I mean, eventually it's got to get into a computer. Am I right? The point about the B, but the B button technology thing is we are in need desperately in the world of moral leaders to, de- to govern the curiosity of the human race. That was, that was the conclusion I made, and I almost made a whole podcast episode out of it, that we need moral leaders always to govern the curiosity of the human race. Because without the moral leaders, we're just curious and we just want to figure shit out. But without moral leaders, or better yet would just be that we each and every one of us has a moral compass, but assuming that's not the case... We all are curious and we go, what if we could do like an atom bomb? That would be amazing. Uh, without a moral governing body or person, it's, it's a freaking free-for-all. And it's the craziness of a lot of this kind of thing. I'm saying my B button, B button is case in point. Okay. And it's my B button. So it's very important to me. It's the most important thing going on in the world right now is that my B button does not work on my, on my laptop and it's pissing me off. I'm trying to edit a book for crying out loud. So when I have to hammer a B four times to type one B, it's a little bit prohibitive to efficiency. Am I right? Mm. Still hot. 
I'm telling you right now, by the end of this podcast, still going to be hot. The episode that you're listening to right now is called Covet Thy Neighbor. Now, you might be thinking the commandment. I think it's the ninth commandment. I can't remember. Covet. You think I'd have done the, the math on that, but I, I don't care what commandment it is. Okay. I will say that I've got a biblical Exodus 2017. Fucking nailed that shit. Did I not? I mean, nailed it. He's, they were like, is he going to cite which bi- biblical passage that is? No, he's too lazy. Yeah. Guess what? In your face. Okay. In your face, judger. Covet thy neighbor's wife. Now, I didn't say covet thy neighbor's wife because I think that that's sexist. I think that that is sexist against men. And I think it's it's about time we stop being sexist against men. Why are men supposedly the only ones that covet something that the neighbor has? I think that's very unfair. I Women, for instance, can covet, covet thy neighbor's husband. Women, I, I mean, by God, women, they can covet. I mean, I have never met a woman that doesn't covet. If you, Am I right? If you have never met a woman or are a woman who's not covet, send me an email. I'm happy to just admit that I'm wrong about that. I'm just saying women can covet in my experience and they can covet thy neighbor's husband or thy neighbor's wife for that matter. And I don't even want to go there. That's a whole nother world. So let's just make this a more modern version and just say covet thy neighbor. What am I talking about here? I'm talking about thinking in relationship to acting. Coveting thy neighbor is an act. It's not stooping your neighbor. You can't, I understand the command, like don't have sex with your neighbor's wife. That, that I could, I could wrap my hands around that, that commandment. I'd be like, that is a commanding commandment. I'd be like, that's, that's good one, God. But in coveting, it pisses me off. I think it's bullshit that I do because thinking is one thing, acting is another. And as I place it in the context of, of, not only religion, but in just in terms of control of other people kinds of models. And that can be, I swear to God, even in the healthy living kind of realm. But this idea of thinking being as sinful as acting, I think is absolutely wrong. And I think what happens is, is you can, you can, if you make thinking sinful, and that is a thing that you is very hard. And this is why I relate it to the work that I do, because people often say like, I don't want to have, you know, I'm having cravings or, or they're beating themselves up. They're saying, well, I just keep beating myself up. It's like, well, I could say, oh my God, you are flawed. If you beat yourself up, you're flawed. You definitely need me. You need me forever. You cannot exist because you are fundamentally flawed. Instead, if I say, Okay, well, you might beat yourself up, but what? here's some solutions to doing things in your life to give yourself less reason to beat yourself up, to empower you, to make choices in your life so that you don't act on the things that you're thinking. That's true success and true happiness, but it's independent of somebody who needs to be in control of you. Dig. Now, I want to point out one thing. Exodus 2017. Again, nailed it again. Exodus 20 colon 17. Here's the whole passage. Ready? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, neighbor spelled with a U. So apparently they were Brit- British, the British people wrote the Bible. That's, I didn't know that until now. They went to the theatre. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet, covet thy neighbor's wife, nor, and this is where it gets good, his manservant, nor his maidservant, that's fair, man or maid servant, nor wait for it, his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. 
And I'm guilt. I will say, I based on this, I am fully guilty because I did, and this is hard for me to say, it, but I tell you, mm, uh, transparency goes. I, I, I've always committed to transparency. I once coveted my neighbor's manservant, but it was one time, and I didn't do anything about it. I just. I, and I honestly, like, I couldn't have cared less about the guy's wife or his ass. I didn't care about his wife or his ass, but God damn it, that manservant. Ugh. If you had seen what I seen, you would have coveted the shit out of that manservant. What are the ramifications, is my question, of making thoughts the sin? It's not just like, okay, thoughts are the sin, also action. It's like, no, do not, like, this is a commandment. Don't covet. What, what are we going to focus on? What are we going to focus on when we say you cannot covet? First of all, it's like, well, let me look at her and check it off and see if I'm going to covet or not. It puts our whole brains into that instead of our, what are we acting on? What are the actions? Do actions define us or are we fundamentally soul on the level soul sin, sinners and therefore need a temple, mosque, church, to survive this world because we're so fundamentally flawed and we need to make sure that we understand that and embrace that fundamental flaw and that sin, embrace that. That's where we should put our brains. How is that not a, a recipe for failure? How is that not a recipe for failure? Are there good religious people? Of course there's good religious, but there's also very shitty religious people and also a long history of atrocities in the name of the church and temple and everything else. It's crazy shit. Absolutely crazy stuff. This is not a surprise. Everybody knows this listening to this. I'm just saying that it's because the mo- to me, the model is flawed. It's the assumption that we are fundamentally flawed, number one, and that coveting, being jealous or desiring a maidservant is, is, a, is a sin, is a sin. That's a thought, guys. That's not a sin. It's a thought. It's a thought that we're going to have some from time to time. We're going to be jealous of things. We're going to be envious of things. And that's not going to be really who we are if we're clear about what we stand for. If you make thought the problem and a value in and of itself, what you think, you can make people feel wrong all the time because we have thoughts that we, we have racist thoughts, we have sexist thoughts, we have things that come in and ultimately we are and should define ourselves and judge ourselves by what we do in the world for crying out loud. The, the, the urges that we have in our brains from time to time are not what define us unless we act on those things. Morality and ethics comes in to play because of the actions that we do in the world, not because of the things that we think about and then go on to say, God, why did I think that? That's crazy. I'm not going to act on that. That's nuts. That's I can't believe I had that thought. That means you're a moral person. But if you go, oh, you had the thought? Well, you're sinful. You're sinful. The, the, the hitch of all this, the religious model of this is that it's not impossible to act ethically in spite of thoughts we may have. It's actually not impossible at all. It's absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible. But in recognizing this, we would need to face the reality that we don't need organized religion or churches or anything else. We just don't need them. And that's because we have the ability in ourselves to assess these things and to act based on our own values in spite of thoughts that may pop in our heads from time to time. And if we devalue those, we don't put as much pressure on ourselves about those things. We go, yeah, fine. I had a freaking thought and it was a stupid thing. I didn't act on it, of course. And so, yeah, what to do? Like I'm acting on this thing because this is the, actually what I value. And then you move on with your life and you're happier and healthier for it for crying out loud. You're not kept pinned down your soul smashed on the ground. The reason why I wanted to mention my coffee cup is because I am telling you, this is absolutely 100% true. I was formulating this episode 
about six six days ago and i was having coffee and i made some joke about the present kind of probably passive aggressive i was like you guys i love the gift that i got for my birthday um because they kept promising me that they were going to give me that birthday gift and my son i shit you not as i'm working on this he goes well we should get credit we thought about getting it for you and i was like well actually you know what the opposite should also be true the opposite should also be true if you're if it's a sin to covet it should also be an absolute blessing to just have the thought of giving somebody a really nice gift but who gives a shit if you don't give it to them Stepped into your cathedral I set my eyes on the mother of pearl An easy decoration for a frightened Here have I set back The color of shame on your neck It was cold that day I remember Glass 
fake light on your face I watched the tears never leave your Best one.